I'm cultivating mass. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. This isn't over until I say it's over. I am Adam Mack, and we are going to try something new on the podcast tonight. We are going to try streaming this live while we broadcast on Twitch, and we'll see what the reception is like. We'll see how the audio sounds afterwards. But uh, yeah, for now, let's just dive into it here. I might be too distracted by all the other stuff and management that I have going on. Um, So listening back to this as a listener might be a total pain in the butt. The good news is, nobody listens to my podcast, so stop laughing, sweetie. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> silver linings, right? Okay, so what we are going to start talking about today is the, uh, the big announcements from Nintendo uh, regarding Super Mario games coming out this year. Uh, apparently they had some big plans for E3, which we know is now cancelled, uh, due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, but since it's Super Mario's 35th birthday this year, they were planning on doing a big unveil of a lot of Mario-themed content coming our way this year. Um, this has been now reported by a few different outlets, Um, but Nintendo has not said anything official yet. Um, but what it looks like is maybe a new Mario game. They're saying Paper Mario, which is a franchise I've never really gotten into, and I probably won't intend to, but I know there's fans of that, so good for them. Um, what is interesting is... They're talking about doing an All-Stars collection uh, for 3D Mario games, um, which would include, according to these reports, Super Mario 64, which we all know and love, right? The OG of 3D Mario games. Um, then after That was on the N64. Then the other game in this collection would be from the GameCube, Super Mario Sunshine, which I loved as a kid. It was the the weirdest of all the Super Mario games, other than maybe Super Mario Bros. 2 for the NES. But this was like Mario with a backpack that shot water, and we haven't seen it since, and very weird. Um, next in this collection, we would have Super Mario Galaxy, which came out on the Wii, And I loved this Super Mario game. Um, All the levels were these little miniature planets in orbit. And they all had a weird, really tight circular gravity to them. And going from one planet to the next between these levels was really fun to just run, run, run. And that long jump and you would slingshot into this like orbit around the platform and land on the other side and it was just it was a lot of fun um and then after that apparently mario 3d world i've never played this one but this one is going to be outside of the collection this is going to be a 
like deluxe release um, with new content and new levels. Um, this was on the Wii U originally. Nobody owned a Wii U, so this is basically a new game for everybody, including myself. So <clears throat> I don't know if I'd be inclined to pick up the the collection because those are three games I've already played to death. Um, Paper Mario really isn't my genre, my cup of tea anyways. So even though 3D World would be a remake of an existing game, um, of the unofficial announcements, this is the one I'm most interested in. Uh, Little Cat Suit Mario. And now I'm a cat owner, so apparently I like cats. Anyways, that's uh, the first half of the Mario news. The other Mario stuff is uh, Lego Mario, which I want more than anything. I don't even know how this works. My wife was making fun of me earlier today. But, uh, yeah, these little weird-shaped Mario Legos. This is an official partnership between Super Mario, or Nintendo, and Lego. I speak about Super Mario like he's an actual person. Yeah, he partnered with Lego. What a dunce I am sometimes. Anyways, we have that. Um, I don't really understand exactly how this works. It looks like the Mario figure has some sort of a Bluetooth connection and a, a weird miniature LED screen in his chest. Uh, let's have a look at the video here. So they turn on the Bluetooth. And he hops around. Now I'm fairly certain I would build this and play with it once and it would just end up on my shelf. But that's enough. So Santa, if you're watching, I want all of the Mario Legos. I wish Mario didn't look so weird. I don't know why he's this weird cubey block shape. But maybe we'll get a Yoshi too. Anyways, that is Mario. So, we only had the very brief announcement there on March 10th, aka Mario Day. But, uh, yeah, that's another thing that I'm, I guess, looking forward to. I didn't know I wanted it until I saw it, and now I need it. So, that's my life. Um, bum, bum, bum. It is, what, Tuesday today? Yes. It's Tuesday today as of recording this, but this episode will be going live on iTunes and everything tomorrow, which is Wednesday. Uh, April Fools, so there. Um, I've got my daughter tomorrow, but I probably won't have her until around lunchtime. And when I was a kid, we were always taught that April Fools jokes were illegal after noon. Do you remember that rule? Yes. Yeah? So I don't know, if she's not here until noon, am I allowed to still prank her? She's eight, so she's going to be at a fun age to prank. Sorry, a fun age for me to prank. She will probably not be a good sport, but that's okay. Um, 
I guess I know I talked about this on the last episode, um, and it's starting to sound like I'm just a spokesperson for this fucking company, but uh, Quibi comes out on Monday, that's April 6th, and it comes with this three free month trial. Three free month, I said those words out of place. Three month free trial. Three free month trial. Does three free month trial still make sense? Yes. But you got to do the math on it. Sounds awful. Okay, thank you. So I'm not crazy for thinking that that was dumb. No, it's just the unwritten English language. Right, okay. So, three months free. Now that's that's a gangbusters deal. Um, I'm not going to go into this ad nauseum again, talking about all the shows I think look bad and the ones I think I, that look good. But I am looking forward to Barkitecture. I'm just going to say that one more time. There, I've said it, and we're moving on. So, Monday, download the app, sign up, enjoy. Um, let's move on from that. Um, what else did we want to talk about today? I guess we're just rolling right along. Um, Big Brother Canada wraps up tomorrow, or tonight, if you're listening to this tomorrow. Or yesterday, if you're listening to this on Thursday. Or two days ago, if you're listening to this on Friday. Okay, you get the point. Um, So Big Brother Canada is now shut down. Um, They've already, I suppose, pulled the contestants out of the house. um, Due to the coronavirus and everything associated with that. But the season is done and... Wednesday, let's just put it that way, Wednesday, April 1st, is going to be the official season finale, um, in whatever contact context that might take. Um, they can't announce a winner, can they? I don't know. I hope not. I suppose they could just do a short straw situation, but that would be stupid too. Um... I've been thinking a lot about this season and what I would like to see moving forward, like into season nine next year. Are we going to just do a complete rehash and invite all, what is it, 16 house guests back and just say, let's just start again? I mean, it's not fair, especially to the 12 people who were left to basically say, hey, you had this shot at a million dollars, or what's the prize in Canada? Uh, 50000 or something stupid and small? Probably. Probably. $50,000 worth of Tim Hortons cards. Um, or Wendy's, I guess. The show sponsored by Wendy's. Um, so it's not really fair to them, but on the other side, how do you do a reboot now that people get to go home and watch the footage and go, oh, I thought this guy was my friend, but it turns out he's a total sleazebag and was just backstabbing me. Like, there's no way to really start fresh. Um, so I was thinking, well, maybe we just, we invite the people who haven't been eliminated, we offer an open invitation and we say, hey, if you're interested, the invitation stands next year. You're welcome back. But then I was thinking about it some more, and this has been really an awful season anyways. Like, this cast kind of fucking sucked. I mean, 
week one we had Nico self-evict, which is never a good start. You guys remember Nico? So Nico, it wasn't the first day, but by the end of the first week, he was like, he was up for nomination. And rather than just be voted out, he self-evicted and, and peaced out on his own. So that was lame. And then we have my good boy Michael get evicted. And I really wanted to see him and his little alliance. That was the group in the house that I actually liked. Him and Rianne, John, and uh, Madeline. But they were getting kicked to the curb. And then we had the conflict the following week with Min Lee, Jamar, and the incident with uh, Kyle. And I hated Kyle from day one. What a sleazebag he was. Oh, for so many reasons. I don't even know if I have the energy to get into that tonight. Michelle, did you watch Big Brother at all? Okay. Kyle was just the worst. He was... He was the worst. That's the only way I can put it. Just um, basically a big piece of shit. Um, so when Min Lee was on the block, Jamar was sticking up for her. And I hated Jamar too. He was such a annoying little weasel. And his showmance that he had with Min Lee was so ugh, cringe. But they did their thing. Jamar stood up for her, I guess, and then shit hit the fan. And he got kicked out. Producers pulled him off the show. And then, like, two days later, they also pulled Kyle off for related but also unrelated reasons, I guess, for just being a big piece of crap of a person. Um, yeah, so we had, like, four people leave the house and only one was evicted. And then going into this last week before we found out the house was getting cancelled... Uh, Min Lee's back on the block. The whole house wants her out. And Carol's up as, like, I guess a pawn next to her. But Carol is basically going around saying, I want to self-evict too. I don't want to be here. I want to go home. But I don't want to self-evict like a little bitch. So can you guys just please vote me out? But it's like, that's such a... It's semantics. Like, what a... A joke. So it was Sheldon's HOH, and now he's pissed because everybody feels obligated to vote out Carol because she's like bawling her eyes out every day, like, please vote me out. But he's annoyed because he wants to get Min Lee out, and so does his alliance. And it was just a weird, like, this whole rhythm of this show really never got going. So if this season hadn't have ended, Carol would have been technically voted out, but essentially she just self evicted. And held the whole house hostage. Um, so that makes... What? Uh, four out of five of the first evictions were not really evictions? So that leaves 11 people left to play? Yeah, I don't know. It was... Uh, it was no fun time. So I guess let's go down the list here of who we wouldn't mind seeing back next season... On season nine, if these people were to be voted back, um, Chris, I didn't like him, but I guess he was kind of playing the game. Like he had a big crush on Madeline, 
And that's the reason Michael went home. It's because just basically jealousy. So I didn't really like Chris, but I mean, he was at least entertaining and wasn't a total piece of shite. So I guess he could come back. Min Lee was annoying, but I don't think she'd be as bad if Jamar wasn't there. John Luke from Kamloops. I mean, I don't know. I wanted to like this kid, but he was also kind of just kind of a bland dude. And then Carol wanted to self-evict, so she's not coming back. Uh, Rianne, that was, I guess, John Luke's sort of showmance that was going on, but she seemed good, but then, I don't know, Hira, I like Hira. Hira was, like, one of my favorites to win this season, so if anybody comes back, I hope it's Hira. Hira was, like, I don't know, he won at least two or three different veto competitions. Veto competitions, again, for votes that never freaking happened, but what are you going to do? Angie was not really, like, I don't know. She didn't really do much at all on the season so far. Was just kind of in the middle and was just kind of a floater. So you can't really get a solid take on her. But in any case, Brooke had the good uh, partnership with with uh, Sheldon after Kyle left. But I don't know. Brooke always just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Maybe it's the bangs. No, but she has your old lady glasses. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I don't like this whole trend of ugly as the new sexy. Let's put on these 80-year-old man glasses. and, Anyways, I digress. This is just me now. Sheldon, I like Sheldon. I mean, he was on the other side of the house from the alliance that I was cheering for. But of everybody in his alliance, which was, I believe, Brooke, Sheldon, Kyle, and Chris... And then they had, I think Vanessa was sort of tertiary, and uh, Suzanne was there too. But I think Sheldon was the number one person I was kind of rooting for on that side of the house. So I wouldn't mind seeing Sheldon come back. Vanessa I really didn't like. I mean, she was a good competitive player, but yeah, I don't know. I think if I could see anybody come back, I would say... Let's bring back Hira, let's bring back Sheldon, and maybe Rianne. But the rest I could do without. Anyways, that's my hot take on Big Brother. Um, Big Brother USA won't be starting until May or June. I think it's a summer show, so probably June. But there's no way Big Brothers in the USA happens this year. There's no way. Like, if, if Big Brother Canada had to get cancelled and everybody in the house was already 100% quarantined, there's no way that they can safely do uh, Big Brother USA, right? Not, not if it's starting in June. Like, we are going to be in peak lockdown at that point. So, I guess, what does that leave us? That leaves us... What do we have left for for uh, reality TV then? Survivor, we're going to get to finish this season because it's already been filmed, right? But unless they're they've filmed the next half of this season or the the next season at this same set of islands, I but I don't think they are. I think this was the second season at the uh Okay, so let me, let me back up. 
When Survivor is filmed, they film two seasons in one go. That saves on production costs. They can go to their island. They can bring out the gear for the challenges and for the, the camera crew and everything, right? So they film two seasons back to back. Um, but I'm pretty sure this is the second of those two seasons back to back that we're currently airing episodes for right now. Um, so where does that leave us? Again, I don't think we're going to have reality TV this summer. Big, oof, yeah. Maybe uh, Netflix is going to have some more low-key, kind of good reality TV. I mean, what was that? Love is Blind? It was called Love is Blind. I mean, I hate romance game shows where love is the prize. I don't mind when love happens. Like, I'm all up for the drama of a good showmance on Big Brother. As long as the prize is money. And we're not kidding to ourselves that we're trying to find true love and soulmates. That being said, Love is Blind on Netflix, which I'm sure anybody that ever hears this podcast will have seen that because it was a cultural phenomenon for about four days on Facebook. Um, but it was eventually superseded by the Tiger King, and we're going to get to that in a minute. But uh, the thing with Love is Blind is that was, when did that air? February? End of February? Start of March? I don't know. I only watched it last week. Okay, I think it came out of the start of March. Maybe, maybe end of February, this Love is Blind show. And it wasn't that bad, but once it aired... Um, I guess, and they had their reunion episode and everything. It was like, not really revealed, but the details of the, of the production came out that this show was actually filmed like over a year ago. So there is a chance that Netflix has a few more, you know, reality TV shows. They did The Circle, which was awful. I still watched it, but it was awful. Um, that was kind of a similar Big Brother style weird house show so they might have a few of those pre-filmed or pre-taped already just waiting to air hopefully they have a few seasons of nailed it ready to go because that's my jam but uh yeah otherwise we're gonna be <clears throat> no sports and no reality tv for the next foreseeable future so we'll see what happens we'll be just watching episodes of architecture on quibi All right, well, um, that uh, wraps up the first portion of this. Now we're going to have some spoiler talk. So I'm going to talk about Tiger King on Netflix. And I'm going to give my thoughts on this. So if you have listened to this episode so far and you haven't seen the Tiger King, stop and go watch right now. This is your spoiler alert. But uh, if you have, then stick around, and I'm going to give you no new information. So there's that. Uh, Tiger King. I remember this from the days ago that I watched it. Um, Joe Exotic, the Tiger King. I remember during the election in 2016 when... I watched John Oliver, and I remember the clip where John Oliver was showing uh, Joe Exotic's uh, campaign videos. 
And it was bizarre then, and it was surreal now to watch the whole behind-the-scenes of this show. Um, I don't really know how to feel about it. Um, I kind of hated everybody on the show. I mean, I wanted to like this Joe Exotic guy. Like, he clearly had a, a hard upbringing, and at times it seemed like he was doing his best and was a good guy, and then, I don't know, it also seemed like he was kind of, oof, what's the word for it? Kooky? Well, kooky, no, yeah. I mean, with his husbands there, where he was... He was, yeah, he was a predator himself. I mean, this Doc Antle with uh, all his multiple wives. And he's basically grooming these women from the age of, like, 17 to, like, come live here and then be brainwashed. And he picks their outfits. He and... picks their outfits and they, you know, the best way to move up their ranks and get a promotion or whatever is to sleep with them and blah, blah, blah. So... I mean, like, halfway through the series, I was like, oh, this Doc Antle's a real creep. And, uh, and then by the end of it, I was like, oh, Joe Exotic is also a creep. Like, he's finding these people straight out of prison or out of homeless shelters or whatever. And, I mean, like, that's, that's one thing to give them a job, but the, uh, the predatory behavior comes when he's finding these young men and supplying them with all the drugs they can imagine and just fulfilling their addiction to meth and whatever. <coughs> and then like both of those men that he ended up marrying were, uh, not gay. were not gay. Maybe they had some bisexual tendencies, but I think more than anything it was, I mean, I'm not, I shouldn't uh, speak on behalf of their sexuality, but I'm just going off of, basically the way they were talking themselves in the documentary that they were you know not gay but were kind of caught up in the charisma and charm and the drug supply of Joe Exotic right like so i mean Joe is not exactly a an angel in this either and then you think well Carol Baskin she had a hit out on her but she's by no means innocent. Like, I'm just reading here... Did she kill her after? I don't know. I'm just reading here today that after the Tiger King, uh, police in whatever area that was... In uh, I think she was in Florida. Mm-hmm. But police down there are now reopening the investigation into her hus- husband's disappearance. So... But again, I, I mean, it's good that they're looking into it, but... I mean, it's just a whole fucking shit show of of people that you don't even want to feel sorry for, but it's just so cringe. I don't know. Like, I don't know. It is frustrating to watch when Carol is trying to shut down these big cat petting zoos, essentially. But it seems like she just wanted to confiscate their tigers, have them come to her facility, and have her be the only show in town. Because she was doing the absolute same thing with this, like, free labor of... of uh, Volunteers. Of, yeah, these volunteer people working these internships, 
you know, 12, 14 hours a day, 365, like, forget Christmas, right? Like, and, you know, looked like she was doing quite well for herself, too. So, I mean, the only thing that I can say as far as her not being a hypocrite about all of that is that the differentiating aspect of her versus a Doc Antle or a Joe Exotic was that she didn't breed cubs anymore, right? She did, and, and I know the documentary kind of picked up, picked out on that, and Joe was kind of, Joe Exotic was jumping all over that, that, well, she did it too. But at the same time, she did it, like, decades ago, right? And, like, we've all made mistakes in our past. So I can't honestly fault her for having done something and now 15, 20 years later being a hypocrite about it, right? Like, that is... That is just someone who's grown in their world views, right? It's like a politician who in 1995 voted against gay marriage and is now pro, you know, marriage equality. I'm not going to fault anybody because they voted against it in 1995. Like the good news is they've come around to it now. That's my opinion on things, right? Like, so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, anyway, so that's Carol Baskin. But uh, it is going to be interesting to see how this uh, plays out in the months and years ahead. This cultural phenomenon of the Tiger King, the only thing I can equate it to is the cultural phenomenon that was a whirlwind around making a murderer. What was that four years ago? No, it was like four years ago. Let's see, making a murderer. It was like Christmas of yeah, original release, December eighteenth, two thousand fifteen. So four. Nobody watched it until. Oh, I did. Everybody did. Not four years ago. Oh yeah, you didn't. Because you didn't have a good taste in pop culture until you met me. Mm. But no. No, Making a Murderer was a huge thing when it first came out. And, uh... Yeah, no, it was just as meme central as the Tiger King. Like, Tiger King all over Facebook now. Carol Baskin songs and every clip from that show is now a... Uh, a meme. What was the good one you showed me today? It was like, I missed the old Blink-182. Oh, yeah. That was a good one. Um, but no, Making a Murderer was the same thing. Like, all the incompetent actions of the sheriff's deputies and all the uh, the stuff with the keys and the shoes. Like, I remember Facebook was just filled with memes about Manitowoc County Police Department. That was the Halloween costume of choice that next year and that didn't that didn't go away for a while so and again that brought uh a lot of attention to uh i don't want to call it a cold case but you know a, a travesty of justice i don't want to say whether or not Stephen or sean avery or whoever was guilty or innocent but like clearly there was something was a muck in that whole whole thing so 
I don't know, they, uh, you know, reopen the investigations and these uh, lawyers get a hold of it. And I just, I don't think uh, this is going to be any different. I think Joe Exotic is behind bars and he's trying to bring everybody else down with him, you know. And, I mean, it's it's unfortunate that this is the way it's going down, but... I mean, for for his point of view, like, he's got nothing left to lose, right? Like, he's got, you know, if he's got dirt and he's got paper trails and whatever, I mean, there were some interesting documents, too, where, what was his new husband's name? Uh, Dylan. We're in there at the storage locker, the documentary crew, and the cameras are looking at whatever, and they're reading some document, and then Dylan, like, grabs it away and whatever, and, I mean, I don't know how much of that is just, like, play for the camera right like but i mean there's look like they had a whole storage locker full of hard drives and stuff right so yeah we'll see that's uh it's gonna be a news story that plays out in the coming weeks and months but the wheels of justice turn slowly so i mean this might be three years before anything really happens right um so yeah, that's I guess my little rant on the Tiger King. I enjoyed watching it. I had a hard time watching that scene with the uh, the girl that had her arm chewed off. Didn't need to see that. And here's another. Okay, here's my last question though. He, how do they have all that footage all the time? Like I understand the documentary crew who made this show on Netflix. Because they haven't been. TV. Okay, and yeah, that's what I thought too when I was watching it. Was like, oh, a lot of this footage is from that reality crew, that guy that was, you know, the movie or the TV show producer or whatever, right? But then they had that whole fire that burned down the studio in every piece of footage, right? So if it burned down every piece of footage, what was the footage that we were watching from, you know, years and years ago? So, I don't know, the timeline was kind of messy on that, but I understand that they have to kind of get some creative liberties with the way they cut everything together to make it uh, a digestible story, right? Um, yeah, so that's, uh, that's the Tiger King. I got one more thing I want to talk about. This is my recommendation to anybody that's enjoying these true crime documentaries. Is that what you'd call it? Tiger King? Would it be a true crime documentary? Yeah? Okay. Um, so, this is something that I don't really want to talk about too much. I want to just say what it is and then have you go watch it. And then maybe we'll talk about it next week. Yeah, let's do that. So, no one's going to listen to this anyways. But here's your fair warning. Next week, I think we're going to talk about uh, The Jinx on HBO. This was... Uh, one of the first true crime documentaries that I watched, and this came out in, ooh, I bet you 2013 or 2014, and this was a crazy story, and a wonderful, wonderful uh, docu-series. I think it was six episodes on HBO, um, but yeah, this is about a an heir to a mega real estate dynasty in New York and he killed well allegedly 
killed like multiple people across multiple states spanning decades and you know kept just kind of getting away with it getting away with it and uh yeah it was a crazy show with a really good ending really satisfying finale um and that's kind of all i want to say about it because i don't want to i don't want to get too into the weeds but yeah maybe that'll be the subject of our next episode next week is maybe i'll do a little deep dive on the jinx and just kind of yeah let's do that i really enjoyed that so that's what we're gonna do uh here's your seven day warning go watch the jinx and uh that's what we'll talk about next week so this kind of brings us to the end of episode five for let's get weird uh we tried something new today i don't know if it worked well if it was awful but i think i'm gonna try and continue this moving forward i'm gonna keep recording uh tuesday nights at 9 p.m and i'll live stream the whole recording on twitch as i hopefully continue to do and then uh, i'll get the audio file put up for the podcast tomorrow morning so um thanks for hanging out if you were listening to this um i hope the audio wasn't too painful um i hope i didn't do too much rambling while i looked at my computer screen and and uh yeah i hope it was just an easy digest and uh we'll see you we'll talk to you uh next week this is over, it's over.